1: heading back to Philly. The Houston Astros take game one over the weary Yankees in the ALCS. Plus, should the Denver Broncos sit Russell Wilson?
2: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today.
1: Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today.
2: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: The Philadelphia Phillies stole game one in San Diego, and we're up 4 0 in the top of the second inning. It looked like this was going to be. Just a charmed run through the postseason, and it still might be for the fight and fills, but the Padres come back. They win 8-5 in Game 2. They split in San Diego. Now the series moves out east. Joining me now, Connor Thomas from Locked On Phillies. And Connor, you got what you came for, but to what degree are Phillies fans going to be left going, man, we
3: let this one get away? See... Pete, the tough thing is, like, you're absolutely correct. They got what they went to San Diego for, a 1-1 split. You're coming back to Philadelphia with the series even, and you've got three games at home, a really tough ballpark to play, and it says it's back park. But how you get there matters, and I can't help but feel that being up 4-0 with Aaron Noel on the mound, who's arguably been your best pitcher all year, it's a missed opportunity to lose that game. And momentum is now very much the Padres' way. But you also look back at the NLDS with the Atlanta Braves and you lose game two in Atlanta. And then you come back to Philadelphia and you win both and you don't have to travel again. So in the grand scheme of things, the team is very much all right. But in the focus of tonight's game, it's a big time missed opportunity for this club.
1: Well, and the problem uh, added on to all of that is NOLA only goes four and two thirds. So you have to use Mm -hmm. your bullpen in a series where you figure you're going to probably have to use your bullpen and extend it out Um, certainly as the series gets tighter, this is the new modern baseball. This is, this is how teams play now. So how much do you think that could factor in moving forward? I know it's early in the series and there's some time off to travel, but you know, when, when you use a half a dozen pitchers that could have ripple effects in a series like this.
3: No, certainly. And especially for the Phillies, because there have been points this year where the bullpen has been really good. But when you look at them in a playoff atmosphere, there's only two guys you really, really trust. And it's the two guys who throw 100-plus, and Jose Alvarado and de Zipanez. And outside of those guys, like Zach Aflin's been really good, but he's a guy that's a converted from a starter because of injury, uh bullpen pitcher. The other guys, like Brad Hand was rough tonight. Uh, David Robertson, who's normally good, he's a guy who's coming off a calf injury from celebrating a Bryce Harper home run <laughs> against St. Louis. So... Like, yeah, their bullpen has been solid at points this year. But in the playoffs, there's really only two guys you trust. And the deeper you get into that pen, the more susceptible you are for those late inning collapses. So it's worrisome, for sure.
1: So the the Phillies were 3 of 11 with runners in position in this game. But Bryce Harper continues to just be, like, the best player in the playoffs, arguably. Certainly behind yeah. the plate, 2 for 4 in this one. Scored a run. Uh, to to what degree do you think they can continue to lead on him and expect that to be enough in these games?
3: I don't know that it'll be enough because you look at the Padres and they do have a solid lineup, if only for the top half. Like You're looking at a Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Jerkson Profar, who's good up at the top, uh, Jake Cronenworth, and then don't forget Josh Bell, who... While he's one of those guys who's feast or famine, when he goes yard, it's a game changer. You saw that today. Like, It's just one of those setups with their lineup where Bryce Harper isn't quite enough. You need the full lineup to be better. And the bottom of the lineup was a little bit underwhelming today. So he's still, for my money, the best player on the planet right now, which is certainly a nice thing to have. But when you're at home and you're in a tight series where you just gave momentum back, you're going to have to have some of the other guys step up. I believe they will, but it won't just be Bryce that carries them to the World Series.
1: What is the key as this team moves to Philadelphia for for three in a row where you're just – the Padres are probably too good a team to win all three of these games, but what would give them the best chance to do that?
3: Yeah, well, the key is the starting pitching the rest of the way. You had Nola, you had Wheeler. Now you're going to have to go with Ranger Suarez, and it might be Noah Sindergaard. It might be Bill or uh, Bailey Falter, who's a young lefty who hasn't thrown in the playoffs at all yet. We don't know what he is in the playoffs, and if he's ready for the moment. Meanwhile, the Padres, while their top of the rotation is really good, their five guys are better than what the Phillies have there. They've got depth in the rotation. So, how do your back end starters match up against guys with the Padres that are still? Really quality major league starting pitchers, can you steal games in the starting pitching? Because, as we know, that's normally the determinant of who comes away with a playoff game. That's the big determining factor. Can the back end starters for the Phillies hold it down enough that they can find a way to win?
1: Stay up to date all year on the Philadelphia Phillies by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Phillies podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Houston Astros are one step closer to another World Series appearance. If you haven't tried Built Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's great joys. And that's not just lip service. I absolutely love Built Puffs. And I love the cookie dough chunk puff. I thought that they had outdone themselves to the point that it could never be topped with the brownie batter chunk puff. I really thought there was just no way they could top it. And then guess what? They topped it. 160 calories, 15 grams of protein, real chunks of cookie dough covered in 100% real chocolate plus that protein infused marshmallow that we all know and love. It is Truly one of my favorite things to eat on a daily basis. And I do eat them on a daily basis. They are so good, so satisfying. They're the perfect thing, perfect thing pre-workout, the perfect thing post-workout. Go to built.com and use promo code locked on15 to get 15% off your order. Take them on an airplane. Take them in the car as you go to work. Take them in the car to come home from work. Take them wherever you want to go. I'm going to turn into a Dr. Seuss book here in a second. You need to be eating these things because they're wonderful and really good for you. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15 at Bilt.com.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: Orlando Magic rookie forward Paolo Banquero became the first number one overall pick since LeBron James to put up 25 and five in a debut game. The Magic lost to the Pistons, 113-109, but Bancaro's performance was certainly a promising start for the young number one overall pick and a surprise pick at
4: that.
5: The Detroit Pistons defeat the Orlando Magic in the season opener, 113-109. My name is Philip Rosweck, the host of Locked on Magic. And if there's one thing that we can conclude from this opening game, it is that Paolo Bancaro is everything that was advertised and maybe a little bit more. Just some quick stats for you. Paolo Bancaro finishes the game with 27 points, 11 for 18, shooting 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks. The first player since LeBron James to score 25 points in his NBA debut. The first player since LeBron James to score 25 points, grab five rebounds and five assists in his NBA debut. I'm not saying he's LeBron James. He's not LeBron James. But Paolo Bancaro proved to be that dude for the Orlando Magic. With the Magic down by seven, Orlando got to Bancaro several times. Or Bancaro went and got the ball several times to make sure the Magic had a chance to win this thing. Unfortunately, their own mistakes, turnovers, offensive rebounds ultimately cost the Magic the game. But Paolo Bancaro is that dude. We'll have a lot more coming up on Locked On Magic later on with your line of magic fall to the Detroit Pistons, 113-109. to
1: The New York Knicks and Memphis Grizzlies went into an overtime thriller on Wednesday night that saw the Grizzlies win 115-112. John Morant put up 34 points and the Grizzlies had three players with double-digit Rebounds, NBA off to a roaring start.
4: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Gavin Shaw of the Locked on Knicks podcast following a 115 to 112 overtime loss. Against the Memphis Grizzlies, the name to know from this one, Cam Reddish, a player who likely wouldn't have even been in the Knicks rotation if not for an injury to Quentin Grimes. He scored 22 points and was just fantastic attacking the basket all night, showing off a lengthy Euro step both in transition and in the half court, weaving his way in and out of defenders and then finishing finishing with finesse mostly with his left hand at the rim. And showing off an improved three-point shot, hitting too early, and then the biggest shot of the game to send it into overtime. Off balance from the left corner, three seconds to go, had clutch written all over it, had a monster transition jam in overtime, and the big knock on him all preseason that he wasn't finishing with enough force. Cam answered a whole lot of questions tonight. If he keeps playing like this, he will force himself into this Knicks rotation as the year goes along.
0: It was a game that was a little more difficult than it probably should have been to win being up 19 in the second half. But John Morant showed why he was a superstar. And he also showed that he is not alone in a Grizzlies victory over the New York Knicks on opening night of the NBA. I am Joe Mullinax of Lockdown Grizzlies. And while it, could have been simpler for Memphis they certainly had their opportunities at the end of the day despite the fact they shot less than 39 percent from the field despite the fact they shot almost 60 percent from the free throw line despite the fact they were down multiple starters Desmond Bain didn't have his best night Ja Morant and company got it done but he wasn't alone Santi Aldama had a tremendous first start in this new role filling in for Jaron Jackson Jr. Tyus Jones made a massive three to help the Grizzlies cap things off at the end. And you also had remarkable contributions from Steven Adams and others like Brandon Clark. It was a total team effort, all hands on deck to get the job done for the Grizzlies against the Knicks.
1: The New Orleans Pelicans started the year with a dominant 130 to 108 win over the Brooklyn Nets. Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and C.J. McCollum all scored over 20. On the net side, Kevin Durant put up 32 points, but neither Kyrie Irving nor Ben Simmons showed up to play. Well, they were actually there. We need this clarification because there are many times where we're just like, so where's Kyrie? Where's Ben Simmons? What's the deal? Both teams debuted their big threes, but only one looked like an actual big three. There has finally been a little bit of clarification on the injury to Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Marquise Hollywood Brown as head coach, for now. Cliff Kingsbury said that Brown will miss at least a month with a foot injury. Cardinals get DeAndre Hopkins back tonight against the New Orleans Saints and traded for Robbie Anderson, formerly of the Carolina Panthers, earlier this week.
2: Here is another story you need to know.
1: Justin Verlander has apparently found the fountain of youth. Eleven strikeouts against a potent New York Yankees lineup in a 4-2 Houston Astros win to take Game One of the ALCS. Joining me now from Locked On Astros, Brett Chancy, who was in the building in Houston. And Brett, this is a Yankees team that, yeah, they played their third game in four days in three different cities. So, to to what degree do you think? All right, just like Yankees weariness played a role in, in this game one.
4: Well, it seemed like they just weren't at full strength. You know, the, you've got a couple solo home runs, Harrison Bader, who I said could be dangerous in this series if you don't, if you make mistakes, you know, Rizzo. But outside of that, I mean, this this Yankees offense was ineffective. And Justin Verlander, as as well as he pitched towards the end of, of his stint in this game, he started out real shaky, had a very high pitch count in the first couple innings, but he found it. He found his groove at one point, struck out six batters in a row. And we still have Jose Altuve without a hit in his fourth straight playoff game. I don't think I've ever seen that. And they still continue to throttle their opponents.
1: I understand if you're an Astros fan, you probably just think, yeah, well, we own the Yankees and that's fine. Uh, it it does need to be pointed out here. Things got a little hairy at the end. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, you mentioned, had that solo shot in the 8th inning the the Yankees did get um the, the tying run and the lead run to the plate in this game but the Astros bullpen all season i i believe the stat is 53 and 1 when leading in the 8th inning um and and so or but with the margin that they had so are, are is there any crack in the foundation there any worry at all coming out of this bullpen against this Yankees lineup
4: no that's only the second earned run the bullpen's given up In four playoff games, they only gave up one. It was a solo shot to J.P. Crawford, and that was Christian Javier. And this bullpen, I mean, Presley came in one and one thirds innings, three strikeouts. You know, the guy walks out on the mound to Johnny Cash and the lights flashing on and off in Minute Maid Park. And we just saw Chaz McCormick, Yuli Gurriel, and Jeremy Pena all play hero with home runs in this game. And we're not even talking about Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, Kyle Tucker. We're talking about the guys that aren't supposed to be contributing. Martin Maldonado to tie the game with an RBI double. And there's this whole thing going on now. I don't know if y'all know this outside of Houston. They have a thing called the Chaz Chomp. And a fan started it halfway through the season. It really annoyed a lot of people. But Chaz McCormick, after the game, said he heard it. And the guy came to the game today in an alligator suit doing the Chaz Chomp. And they go, Chaz, Chaz, and they clap their hands. And he hit the home run when he started hearing the Chaz chant. And this guy hit his first postseason home run against the New York Yankees. This team very well could go to the World Series and not have lost a game. It is very possible. I don't think the Yankees lay down. I don't think the Yankees stop fighting. But I think the Astros are clearly in command with this win today.
1: You want to call it now? I'm, I'm, I'm happy to clear out and let you just call it, Brett. <laughs>
4: Well, look, I'm not into predictions because our listeners tell me when I predict things go wrong. I have always said this. If the Astros take care of business, I don't. I'm not worried about the results. I think the Astros clearly can take games one and two. Maybe the Yankees steal a game, game three. I think the Astros can clinch it in New York, to be quite honest.
1: Their best is better than anyone else's best.
4: Yes, exactly. And, you know, again... The Yankees still have Garrett Cole that has yet to pitch against the Astros. The Yankees still can go home, get hot. Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Harrison Bader, Chris Carpenter can be dangerous. He looked like a nothing burger today. But make no mistake, they are the New York Yankees. They're upset that the Astros continue to beat them. And I've I've opined about this. Maybe if the Astros win the AL this year, should we change the American League, the A in American League, to Astros and call it Astros League?
1: I'm sure Yankees fans would love that one.
4: Stay up-to-date all
1: postseason on the Houston Astros by subscribing to Locked On Sports today in the Locked On Astros podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, what should the Broncos do with Russell Wilson? Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. Thursday night football back. We know you missed it. With the Arizona Cardinals currently set two and a half point favorites. The over-under for that game, 44 If the rest of the NFL's primetime games are any indicator that under is looking pretty good, this is just not a great slate. So go gamble on it. Do it at BetOnline where the game starts.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
1: The Denver Broncos offense has been struggling so far this season. On top of that, quarterback Russell Wilson has been dealing with a shoulder injury. And against the Chargers on Monday, he hurt his hamstring.
6: My goodness, uh, the, the news of Russell Wilson potentially having a significant hamstring injury, I think, kind of took everyone by surprise. You know, he did mention it in the post game that he kind of came up with a hamstring. But we heard from Nathaniel Hackett on Tuesday that it kind of the hamstring injury adjusted the way that they approached play calling there in the end of game situation, which I think can serve as kind of exhibit A of why we're saying Broncos country.
5: Let's let it rip.
6: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think that's exactly what we need to do. And and you just can't help but wonder what's going on there. I know Rich Eisen had a, had a little monologue on the Denver Broncos where he talked about they kind of need to – really rip everything up that they're doing offensively and throw it away so i mean i guess this pun can kind of work a lot of different ways here but i think we're in agreement broncos country a lot of a lot of people that i interacted with on tuesday cody were talking about how they want to see brett Rippen out there so it's not just a we're, we're upset with russell wilson but like you mentioned and like we ha- like we want to talk about here you might need in this situation to protect russ from himself. He's already got the the lat injury. Now we're talking about a hamstring. You can't be having the franchise guy. Going out there and getting further injury. Against a very tough Jets defense.
1: Look there are going to be plenty of excuses. For Russell Wilson. And I am certainly the kind of person. That loves to dunk. On Mr. Unlimited. But it makes sense for the Broncos. To sit him. If he's not 100%. There's no reason to push him. This is not. A we-have-to-win-this-game-right-now situation for the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson is under contract. Most of the core of this team is young. It's Russ who is getting up there in age and starting to look like he might be a little, little washed. So get him healthy. Get him right. And in an AFC where it's the Bills, Chiefs, and everyone else... You have some time to figure this all out. Plus, it's not just this season. You want to be good next season. You want to be good the season after that. You have to be careful with Russell Wilson. And guess what? Like, you might get better quarterback play. I'm not saying. I'm just saying this has not been good so far this season if they maybe had a better backup. Like, if they had Nick Foles or they had Andy Dalton we might really be able to say, hmm, that could be better than what they were getting from Russell Wilson because that's how ugly this offense has been to date. And maybe that's reason enough for them to be like, Russ has got to play because it can't be one of these backups that comes in and starts playing well and everyone goes, oh my God, this looks terrible. But that might be the situation that they find themselves in. And finally, Washington Commanders quarterback Taylor Heineke said he's a different player than he was last season. Coincidentally, Commanders fans are wishing he were literally a different player or that they were fans of a different organization. He's actually probably probably better than Carson Wentz. And when Matt LaFleur was asked if he would rather have faced Carson Wentz than Taylor Heineke, he said, I will absolutely not <laughs> answer that question. Seriously, that's a thing. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now I'll go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on tomorrow's show, could the Saints and Cardinals play an actually entertaining primetime game?